1: ny or text hope ny in new
2: york welcome on into the wolverine.com podcast clayton safey here with chris ballas and anthony broom on a beautiful thursday here in michigan thank you everybody for joining us we're going to hit on some michigan basketball transfer portal pursuits some of the top targets hunter dickinson has two upcoming visits also michigan remaining in the mix there we will talk about that the possibility that he could Return to a Michigan roster that looks a heck of a lot better than it did a few weeks ago. Uh, And then I do want to mention an insane feat that a few Michigan athletes accomplished uh, during the winter sports season at the end. We'll give them a shout out. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel uh, as we climb towards, I believe, 22,000 AB subscribers on YouTube. So uh, going strong there. And join us at thewolverine.com. Twenty nine ninety nine gets you premium access all the way until August thirty first, uh, right up until football season. So, join us right now. We are brought to you by My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American Dream? Are you looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Are you wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Well, Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help you if you have any questions about business ownership. Andy Ludeke, uh is the guy to hit up over at www.myperfectfranchise.net. You can phone him, 404-973-9901. I can't believe I just said phone him. That sounds like an old person. Uh, Andy at myperfectfranchise.net is his email. You can book a time with him on his calendar. That's on the website as well. The people watching on YouTube see the site there. So thank you to Andy for sponsoring us, and uh, make sure to get that 100% free franchise consultation. Uh, Let's start with the transfer portal. As everyone knows, and it's one of the hottest topics amongst fans is, well, how are we at the scholarship limit? How are we still recruiting players? It just kind of works itself out, as we've talked about quite a bit throughout this offseason, because the numbers um, don't always add up at the time, but all that matters is really at the end. And at the same time, there's still kind of ways around it, it feels like. Uh, Michigan has Caleb Love, Namari Burnett, and Trey Jackson out of the transfer portal. Uh, But they're still active with uh, a number of different guys. It seems like they want to wing uh, maybe another power forward. And then they're still looking at guys that could potentially, you know, fill maybe a backup role behind Terrace Reed or even uh, a starter role at the center spot. Have Terrace Reed back him up. There's obviously some rumors out there about is Papa Conte going to end up in the class, that sort of thing. So you you still want some front court depth there. Uh, I do want to ask you guys this before we get into maybe some of the names. What would be the biggest need for you right now if you're Jawan Howard and you're sitting there? We can only get one guy, or, or you, know, you know, the first guy they go and get. Uh, would it be a wing, uh, like a three type, a power forward, or a, a center to maybe add some depth along with Terrace Reed?
3: I'm power forward all the way. I think a shooting four, right? Somebody who can shoot now. Will Trey Jackson be that guy? Uh, I don't know. You know, he didn't start at Sutton Hall, and again, uh, they brought their own people with them. Um, uh, the new coach who's the new coach at Seton Hall this year speaking
2: Holloway yes yeah
3: exactly brought his four from um St. Pete's so but I gotta tell you uh to me that's been the hole in the roster here uh for a while now uh they need that guy they need somebody there that can that can shoot the ball and open up the floor uh ideally Hunter Dickinson is your five next year uh we'll see if that happens you know with the money that's going to be thrown at him from Kansas let's be honest, fellas. I don't think anybody is going to be able to match what Kansas throws out there if they want him. And they do speaking to sources in Kansas, they want him badly. So uh, if it's about money, then he's going to end up at Kansas Maryland's in the mix, but uh, to me, that's where it starts. So I think Namari Burnett was an underrated addition on this team. I think he's going to flourish here. I think he's going to not be looking over his shoulder and he's going to understand that he's going to be able to play. I think He's a better shooter than he's shown and he's committed to defense and a great kid. So, uh, to me, that was really a huge addition. So uh, now, you know what? We'll see if they can find one more. They need another shooter, and uh, to me, that's the position where they need it. Mute. You. Oh,
2: think you're
4: muted, AB. Try that there again. You. There um, you go. <laughs> we got him. <laughs> so let's some my, I don't. Yeah, I, I had is. some kind of flub last week too. Whatever it is, I'm not on my game today. Um, I think that offense in any capacity i think is to me the still the biggest need I, I don't care what position it comes from if it comes in the form of hunter dickinson coming back if it comes in the form of a harrison ingram or a uh or a matthew cleveland that's fine too uh whatever it is i think they do need someone who you know maybe you know we know that caleb love is probably going to be their lead dog when it comes to scoring and, and shot attempts and opportunities and things like that but uh, they need someone who could space the floor and fill it up a little bit. And ideally, if it's a wing, you know, kind of get after it on defense too. I think Michigan's probably, um, you know, when you look at building an identity identity for next season, when you look at the guys they brought in and the guys that are already on the roster, I think you're probably a little bit closer to being uh, a little grittier defensively than you are this efficient offensive machine like they were when they went to the Elite Eight a few years ago. So that in any capacity uh, is would be a priority to me. I still think they're in a mode where, you know, you can't get bogged down by, oh, this guy you know could start for us. Uh, if you could have someone that's in the portal that you know is a day one starter for you and he's interested and you can make it happen, you either mend fences or you, you know, give someone a firm handshake and, you know, be on their way at this point. I think that this past year was was too alarming for them to not have a sense of urgency. And adding as much talent to this roster as they possibly have, or as they possibly can, and we keep seeing them in on guys. Even with them at the scholarship limit right now, there could be things that happen. Still, other other shoes to drop. You you don't speculate on that because out of respect for the guys that are already on the roster. But um, you know, like last year, Michigan brings in a transfer guard and Jalen Llewellyn, and it scares Frankie Collins off. Uh, Things like that could always happen, depending on who you bring in. So it's not. It's far from set. There's still, it feels like it was almost into June last year before we knew what this roster would look like heading into, you know, this past season. So a lot of work to still go here. Uh, I assume, I think we'll probably get a Hunter Dickinson decision fairly soon. He's going to take a few visits. Uh, he's kept it quiet, which is unlike him, but I think it's probably a good move on his part. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm not buying the, like, Not that there's a ton of hype on him returning. I think it's possible. I'm not quite buying that that's a legitimate option, given the fact that there are some legitimate blue bud basketball schools that are willing to throw whatever it takes them to make it happen. I don't know if Michigan basketball can compete with that, but I like the options that are still in the portal. And even with what they already have, I think there's a path to them being competitive next year.
3: I will say that there are some boosters uh, as part of the NIL collectives in Ann Arbor that are, very basketball oriented uh some people that have their names on some things that would love to see it happen uh that are are, i think a little more involved than we thought they were so i think that's why there's some hope there um but i'm with you anthony um the thing is though you never know with this guy uh you just don't know and watching his round ball podcast the other days like you know nobody knows and listening to Phil Martelli and those guys talk, Michigan's assistant coach, like anybody who says that they understand and know what he's thinking is lying because I'm not sure Hunter Dickinson knows yet, frankly, and he said that. I don't know where I'm going yet. So he did say he's taking those trips, fellas, because he's going home anyway, going to might as well go see Maryland and Georgetown. I'd be stunned if he didn't see Kansas, frankly, before he announced where he was going and – there are rumblings out there. I think Ant Wright uh, posted or said in his uh, spaces on Twitter that uh, he is going to give Michigan the last shot. So let's see what they come up with, and maybe it's enough. But um, man, he's got—he's a guy that has to maximize his earning potential right now because he's not going to be a, an NBA guy. And if he can get, say, he somebody were to throw one point five million dollars at him for each for two more years of college ball, it's three million bucks, and then he goes overseas. You know what? Nowadays, that's how you make your money if you're not an NBA guy. So it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out.
2: No doubt. And it sounds like he'll leave with a Michigan degree too. So you can make money after that. It's not all here, but I mean, uh, totally. And it's, it's funny that, you know, I feel like Kansas, I don't remember them being mentioned with his original recruitment. And now here he is, you know, kind of looking at these different blue bloods, you know, it felt like he was more of a, you know, East coast, Notre Dame, Michigan type. Uh, So it would be, it would be very, fascinating to see him go there but money talks and uh you know but he does have the the ties here i think we could see it um i wouldn't necessarily predict it though either um, i'll
3: say this i'll say this if he goes in the big 10 to maryland i will never pay him 25 to be on our podcast again ever he will not be getting the wolverine.com's money so we have it <laughs> it's For about February. time everyone put their foot down. that's right
2: have we put ever down. paid him 25 dollars <laughs>
3: No, but you know, isn't that the going rate <laughs> for these podcasts? I don't know. So, That's fair. Yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, Hunter Dickinson will be banned from these airwaves if he That's goes right. to Maryland. Think and about
3: that, Dickinson.
2: All right. Go. That's right. It' it's something to think about. Right. And I will say the Big Ten needs to schedule Maryland at Michigan if he does do that. But we'll cross that bridge uh, when we get there. We'll we'll see what comes of these visits. I feel like he did kind of downplay it a little bit on his on his podcast roundball talking about. Uh, you know, going home and everything. But at the same time, I mean, those schools are near home and, you know, that could be a draw for him. Um, let's talk about one of the top guys that it seems like things are heating up with in a hurry in the transfer portal. Former Tennessee por- uh, forward Olivier Kamwa, uh, which is how you pronounce it, because I researched it uh, spelled N-K-A-M-H-O-U-A. Uh, a guy that was really one of the leaders of that game against Duke, scored 27 points, hit four threes, uh, but a power forward who is a very good defender, very athletic, watching his highlights. Uh, I think between him and Trey Jackson, if they were able to to land Kamwa, you're looking at a really athletic uh, four spot for Michigan, which is something that wasn't the case this past season when Terrace Reed wasn't in the game at that position. But um, he had 32 dunks last season uh does somebody want to wager a guess as to how many hunter dickinson had i looked this up last
3: year but he had about six i was gonna say five he had 22
2: um but yeah like this is a guy that that didn't play as much as hunter that played a different position than hunter uh Trey jackson i think he had 13 but that's on way less minutes 25 over the last two years i was just researching dunks earlier it's kind of fun and then uh so you have the athleticism. He can shoot a little bit. I mentioned he made the four threes against Duke, uh, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily his forte. Um, this is a guy that would start over Trey Jackson, over Terrence Williams, all those guys at the four. A tough defender. They were bullying Duke's big big guys in that game. I watched that entire game, uh, and it was impressive what that front line did. Um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on Olivier Kamwa, Michigan, getting in the mix here? Uh, they certainly, you know, seems like they – have identified that they have a need there still. Um, you don't want that to be the weak point, it's an important position. Uh, and I think that uh, they realize that
3: I think that it's a very realistic option. And if you think about it, starting five of Dickinson, Kamwa, Burnett, uh, it's Caleb Love, and Doug McDaniel on paper, it's going to excite a lot of Michigan fans. And it's going to be, you know, a lot of magazines are going to say that's a that's a uh quintet that could probably win a lot of games in the Big Ten. Now, you don't know how it's going to mesh, and you don't know about chemistry. And uh, you guys know me. I'm old school. I'm all about the chemistry. You look at hockey schools like Quinnipiac and what they did with their, their veteran team and what you've seen uh, from some of John Beeline's veteran teams, even though he was kind of a victim of, the, of guys leaving early, too, because he developed talent too well. But um, that was his vision right guys like Eli Brooks as a fourth or fifth year guy and what they could accomplish with talent around them. Uh, being in a system for so long, you see beautiful basketball and we saw that a lot. So, um, to me, uh, that's, I I think it's a very realistic option. Uh, I think that they are in good, a good spot with him at this point. So uh, let's see what happens and let's see if that moves the needle for Hunter Dickinson, right? If he sees, okay, Now we've got a legit chance here. We've got a legit roster because that was one of his concerns. No matter what anybody says, you know what, do we have a roster here where we can win? Because he still wants to win. He's going to get paid and he wants to win too. Um, Then to me, that could be something that they would use to bring him back as well.
4: Yeah, I think it's definitely a fit. I mean, you talk about a guy that could probably slide in and start at the four for you. It's I'll take that over, you know, what the field would be, which is Trey Jackson. Who's who's good, but, um, you know Terrence Williams, Will Cheddar. We'll see with those guys. Um, you know I think Dickinson or not, if he comes and you know he's playing next to Terrace Reed, I still think that's a fit too. So for me, again, I just go back to the idea that um, you know don't don't limit yourself just because you say okay, well we're at we're at 13 guys now. I think uh, you know re- you reiterate to your roster that there's going to be competition and that you expect this guy to compete for X job. But if that's something um, okay. If that's something that you're not, you're not up for, then the portal's still open. So yeah, I mean they're in on him. They're still in on. It, it looks like they're making a push for Harrison Ingram or, or Matthew Cleveland. I think those those guys would fit the bill of those those wing players that I mentioned earlier. So um, yeah, I mean it, it's all fit right now. And, and I think for um, I can't. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the name because I already zoned out of how Clayton did it. But Kamwa. Um, Kamwa, if you're able to get Kamwa, all like without another move being Kamwa. made, I'd, I'd like, Kamwa. I'd like how this roster looks. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, would love to see him join up because it's just uh, they were just so bereft of talent and depth. And that's why I would hope something, a lot of these guys decide to stick around because uh, I think you know someone like Terrence Williams would certainly uh, I think benefit from not you know drinking out of not from not drinking out of the fire hose so to speak of playing starters minutes. We've seen that in his career already. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, It's just this portal is getting crazier and crazier by the day. I mean, I'm I'm working on another transfer portal board. Plenty of Michigan's targets are still out there to be had, but a guy who, you know, a guy who one day could be ranked your number 12 uh, transfer the next day, he's down 15 to 20 spots. So There are a lot of guys that are still deciding to enter the portal and not a lot of guys picking schools right now. So this uh, it's a nice little pool of talent to pick from if you're a team like Michigan that really needs to turn this over.
2: No doubt. You know what I find interesting about the portal right now and the way Michigan is approaching it is I remember early on Jawan Howard, you know, mid uh, of his uh, tenure-ish, and it happened in multiple cycles. But, you know, they were kind of shooting for the stars a lot and guys like Harrison Ingram, uh, guys like the uh, last cycle, uh, Johan um guys like Matthew Cleveland, as you mentioned, AB. Uh, and, and when they don't, you know, you finish runner-up for a guy like Matthew Cleveland or a guy like Harrison Ingram or whatever, you're in his top three, you put all those resources into it and you don't land them, you know, then people are like, well, we went down this road with this guy. Now we're playing catch-up on other targets, that sort of thing. But now – with the way the transfer portal has gone, having those relationships, and Juwan Howard is a relationships guy. I mean, he connects with these kids. He connects with just about everybody he meets, it seems like, and everybody in the basketball world knows Juwan Howard, so he can make a connection quickly. Uh, You know, that that can help now when these guys hop in the portal. Uh, It's something I did not think about when they lost out on Matthew Cleveland or Harrison Ingram or any number of these guys. Uh, Trey Orr, you know, didn't really feel like that was going to happen, but – now, uh, those guys are on the board. So I, I do find that interesting. I think Harrison Ingram would be a guy that would, uh, and, and he's, AB, is he the one that Jamie Shaw set Michigan Vigan strong push for? Um, so that's correct. You know, if that were to happen, I think he could be a potential game changer. I will say with Ingram, with uh, Kamwa, and with some of these other guys, shooting is not necessarily their strength. Like there's not a guy on this team that's a shooter other than Caleb Love just because he loves to shoot, no pun intended. Um, how concerned about that are you guys with this? Like if if Kamwa does come, I think he's a, a great take. He'd be a great addition. But he's not necessarily a shooter. He can shoot, but, he, you know, most of his points come as a post-up guy. Then you're looking at two post-up bigs, him and Terrace Reed. Uh, he's a good passer, though, Kamwa. But, you know, then you're looking at playing a way that I think Juwan Howard likes to play, which is big. But I think a lot of other teams are having success right now with a four who can dribble a little bit. And really, frankly, Jawan Howard's had the most success with a guy like that in the livers. Uh, your guys' thoughts on maybe how that would work with the construction here?
3: Yeah, I don't I, – I, I'm about shooters, man. That's the thing, you know, and, and John Beeline spoiled us because that's all – if you couldn't shoot, yeah. he wasn't recruiting for the most part, with the exception of, you know, Xavier Simpson and um, but uh, even Charles Matthews. But he still found ways to win with – some of his worst shooting teams, you know, that team that got to the uh, the championship game, you know, you had Xavier Simpson, you had Charles Matthews starting. These guys weren't shooters, but they still found ways. And um, I think if you're athletic enough, if you have just enough shooting, you know, if these guys are in the 30s, mid-30s, if you can get them up there, uh, then I think you can be fine as long as you defend. And that's, to me, is going to be the key for this team is to get them to be defending like juan howard has promised us his teams are going to defend right like it all starts with the defensive end and uh, anybody who knows me understands that this is where we need to get it done uh they haven't gotten it done uh, for a couple of years here so uh to me that's where the improvement needs to begin so but uh, at the very least it's going to be interesting right at, at one point we thought this is a train wreck and we said you know, i wrote a column about a week ago and i said let's Let's not give up hope yet, man, with the transfer portal and and how quickly things can change. Let's just see what the roster is going to look like. And we still don't know. But we do know that there are potentially a lot more pieces than we thought we were going to see in Ann Arbor. And uh, it's very intriguing, to say the least.
4: Yeah, part of it, too, for me is, you know, we talk about the value of, you know, why were those first two, Juwan Howard? The the first team, I think, kind of outperformed expectations. But that second team, you know, took things to the next level, competed for a national title because it had a lot of guys on the roster that had played a lot of college basketball before. So that's where I think kind of the silver lining of having to dip into the transfer portal is like, you know, a guy like a guy like Harrison Ingram, you know, hasn't played a lot of winning basketball and wants to win somewhere and has, has seen a lot of games. So uh, you know, a guy like that coming over from a Stanford, what makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I think that you're just looking. You're just looking for guys that, uh, you know, they have the experience shot making. Listen, I mean, it's, it's hard to find those guys. They don't they I mean, it's getting better and better. But, you know, when you parse through the options in the portal that Michigan are in on, no one's really shooting 40 percent from three or anything like that. But I do, again, uh, to go back to Clay's original question, you know, would you rather have the two bigs or, or play a little bit smaller I would like to see a guy, you know, if given the choice between a couple options, I would like to see a guy who can maybe play the three and the four, as opposed to the four and the five. Um, So, yeah, we'll. we'll, I feel like I keep saying we'll see what happens, but again, it's just uh, it almost feels like a futile exercise to to speculate about what could happen because things change. Things have been changing so quickly Um, in terms of you know team type and archetype. You just got to get good players in and develop an identity from there. And to me, that's the biggest thing right now. Um, so that's, that's the task ahead of them.
3: One guy's in, one guy in the portal that they're after shooting 42% from three. Who's that? Clay.
2: Is that AJ store?
3: Or... Hunter Dickinson. Oh, Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all that's right. What,
2: 57 attempts or something. Hey,
3: but, you know yeah. what? Maybe you should have take it some more. Who knows?
2: But yeah, I mean, think <laughs> of it though. I mean, and those are big shots a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's hit some big threes in his career, including against Kama and Tennessee. Kamala was hurt. But, you know, the year before when he started out the game with those two threes. Yeah. Um, so, what, 25 made threes or something like that for Hunter this past year? It's probably going to be zero for Terrace Reed if he's the starting five. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a small thing. I mean, you play a different way. But shooting's important. And Michigan got that out of its center the last couple years. Um you know, more so last year than, than it did the year before. And and that was big for this team. I mean, they didn't go anywhere, but, you know, it still helped them. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of uh, where things stand. As A.B. mentioned, that could uh, change in two minutes. Um, and we'll see what happens is a great way to put it. Um,
3: because little, literally we've been on this podcast when things have happened by the end yeah. of it.
4: It's crazy. Clay, Clay and I did one. What was it? Two weeks ago, where we had to stop and re-record. Like, oh, for yeah. yeah. Namari. Namari Burnett. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So and yeah. Juan we forget this too. You know, I'm I'm about to put out you know the updated transfer board, but a lot of times Jawan Howard operates in silence. Like Namari Burnett was a name that kind of came right. out of nowhere. Trey Jackson was a name that kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. Uh, so yep. there might be so. someone we're not even really talking about that's on I'm their sure. radar right now, and that's yep. how they. They've landed guys in the past. Yo-Yo was, you know, no one knew they were in on him until you see a picture of Jawan on a bike in France and what's he doing over there? So yeah,
3: yeah. um, To be fair, we did hint to it uh, before we saw that picture, and we're like, okay, we'd heard uh, that they were after him. But um, and who knows? You know what? He could he could come out of nowhere and show great improvement and be a factor on next year's team. People write these guys off. You know, everybody's ready to get rid of Will Cheddar. I've seen growth in guys like him, you know, by the third or fourth years where they become valuable pieces. I'm not saying that's, you know, his role, but he's better than he's shown, especially as a shooter, excuse me, in my opinion. So let's not bail on all these guys just yet.
4: That was another, sorry, one one last point, just Mm -hmm. piggybacking off that. Um, That's the other thing is a guy like Namari Burnett hasn't shot well from three, but, uh, you saw guys like Kobe Buff or a guy like Kobe Buffkin this year, who all the numbers went up just by the consistency and yes. playing more. So, yep. you know, guys, that's where, you know, for every, you know, Terrence Williams there is where they play more and the efficiency kind of goes down. You have a guy like Kobe Bufkin. So um, we'll see what happens with a guy like Burnett. And there's going to be internal improvement that happens with guys on this roster. So even if this roster comes together and it's not, you know, Oh, he's 40% from three or, Oh, he can do this. He can do that. Um, you got to look to the guys that are there already there uh, as well. So, no, you bring up
2: a great point. Something I wanted to bring up to wrap up our basketball talk, AB is, and Namari Burnett's a, a decent example of this. So he has three years of eligibility left. Even if he's not some great guy with the ball in his hands, let's say he doesn't shoot forty percent from three this season, he maybe he gets a little bit better. You're probably going to see him come back another year and improve on that. And maybe he the you know the light switch you know goes off that season. But there's also a flip side of this when you look at guys like Caleb Love. He has two years left, but he has said he intends on just using one. Uh, Trey Jackson, one year left. You know, Kamwa, I would think he would get for one year. I think he might only have one year of eligibility left, uh, maybe two. Um, and some of these other guys. Is this a sustainable method where every year you got to do this? Now, at the same time, and I was thinking about this earlier, you don't know necessarily, though, that all these guys are going to leave. Uh, at the end here after the season so you just don't know um and and then you try to plug the holes because sometimes you know you can't add a ton of guys in the recruiting class if you don't know who's going to be here or not and i think that's what's so frustrating for these coaches right now but uh your guys thoughts on just the way that it seems like there are a lot of one-year guys here um this is really an important year for Jawan howard michigan there's a lot of pressure i understand it um but you know, next year, I think they might be back in the same spot, uh, you know, adding a bunch of guys or maybe they have a huge recruiting class, um, you know, because, you know, in advance, I guess. But is this a sustainable method?
3: Well, you've got George Washington, the third coming in. You've got Doug McDaniel, who should be a four year guy. But you, the, the main thing here is you've got to continue to recruit your own guys too to stay Now yeah. with the portal. You look at Doug. You know what? If he say he blows up this year, uh, he's going to be a hot commodity. And say there's a team out there like a Kansas or something that says, you know, point guard is the only thing we need to complete our roster. And they go after him and throw a million and a half. dollars. If Hunter
2: starts recruiting him.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to think about it, but this is, this is the reality of college athletics. Now uh, you can call us, you know what, uh, living in the past or whatever. Um, I think it sucks. I hate it. You know what? There was something special about college athletics when guys, you know and i still and i talked to those guys who played back then and a lot of them wouldn't change anything they said i played for the love of the school i played because i knew i was going to get an opportunity to be seen and go to the nfl and they said i didn't need a million bucks doug skein would be one of them who played in the nfl you know uh, granted backgrounds matter too right some guys come from better backgrounds than others and there are families that need money more than others but um to me the whole thing is it's basically professional ball now and that's uh it is what it is so Uh, Finding that balance like Michigan football has faster than I thought they would, frankly, um, is going to be key where you have to recruit your guys, create a culture where they want to stay, win titles helps, right? And then go to the portal for your needs. You don't want to be that program that's going to the portal every year and put five new guys because you never know how they're going to mesh. And and it's complicated. You know what? Jawan Howard runs some pretty complicated good stuff, and the longer you're together to run it, Uh, the better you're going to be. If you have to teach that every year uh, like that, to me, you know what, it's going to be a crapshoot year after year.
4: I think the key too is that if you win at a place like Michigan, I don't know that other schools are, are poaching you or, I mean, I guess it could happen if you're a guy that's just looking for the NIL bag, but let's, I suspect that, I mean, all of the reasons that people have speculated why Hunter Dickinson went in the transfer portal are probably accurate it's probably a mixture of everything nil roster it is all that stuff um the fact of the matter what is that he is a former all-american on a team that went 18 and 16 this year so it's incumbent upon i think this is kind of goes to chris's point about retaining your own guys and having that trust in the coaching staff there's going to be a good roster around you um, you have to win and winning does as we've seen winning does a lot to help you retain top talent um you know, it kind of makes your, your program the place to be. And uh, it wasn't all, not all that long ago where, you know, there were all kinds of blue chip recruits that, you know, would probably knock down the door to come play for Juwan Howard. Cause that team was having fun when they won and, and they embraced, you know, kind of their role as, as the big, bad Michigan villain. And this team needs to get back to that identity. Um, you know, it's, this off season is a reset for them. Maybe not quite to the extent of the, you know, the post COVID reset for the football program, but they need to, they need guys that burn to win and they need to get back to winning. And I think that's going to solve a lot of their problems here. Uh, also, yeah, the fact of the matter is that in the, with the way the transfer portal is now, I, I don't know, you know, are you going to take a guy who's ranked number 150 uh, in a recruiting class? Or are you going to save that spot for someone in the portal to backfill a need for at least a year or two? So it changes. It changes the dynamics of roster building, and I'm really interested, especially now that recruiting has kind of gone just a bit down um, for for Michigan under Juwan Howard. I wonder if that philosophy will change at all. I guess we won't see until you know this 24 class coming up. But um, yeah, you don't want to have to flip your roster over every year. I mean, that's what Nebraska has to do. That's what you know. It worked out for Penn State this year, but that's not a. I don't. I don't think that's a sustainable model. So. I'm going to be really interested in seeing uh, one if they can get this thing back on track, and two, how the uh, you know the scholarship allotment when it comes to the recruiting trail starts to work itself out.
2: Yeah, and AB, the guys that aren't breaking down the door to play for Jawan Howard, maybe they will be in a couple of years, like Namari Burnett and some of these other guys that they're back in on. So it creates an yeah. interesting dynamic for sure, and, and we'll see. I mean, you're right. I don't think we're going to know how Jawan Howard feels about his long-term philosophy until after this because right now he's just got to he's got to build a competitive roster and i think he's done a good job so far of doing that uh last thing michigan athletics has three it's just pretty crazy I, I don't know how many winter sports there are maybe i should have looked it up but maybe like 10 11 8 9. michigan has three national athletes of the year in their respective sports adam fantilli for hockey. Mason Paris for wrestling, and Sierra Brooks now for women's gymnastics wins the quote-unquote Heisman Trophy of women's gymnastics. I'd like to see if, it, if it's ever happened at Michigan or in the Big Ten or anywhere else. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. And I know, yeah, you want to win the national title if you're Michigan hockey. I think gymnastics can still do so. Um, you want to win the national title in all these. But you're looking at, I mean, just some elite talent that Michigan has had in all-in-one season I think is super impressive.
3: It really is, and that's why they're always up there in what used to be the Sears Cup. What is it now? The uh, Le-
2: uh, Le- Learfield, Learfield Director
3: Cup. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just uh, amazing. Um, but you know what? It's it's really it's been that way for a long time. I, I would imagine if it happened anywhere else, it would be Stanford, right, with their 82 sports or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and
2: they're good at all the, the Olympic stuff.
3: Right, exactly. So, um, But it is impressive, and uh, it's a destination. And, you know, people ripped on – Dave Brandon for a lot of the things he did as athletic director, but he made sure that the Olympic sports were well taken care of as well. So um, the foundation is and has been there. Uh, and congratulations to Ward Manuel as well, the athletic director, for keeping that going. 13, I think, Big Ten champions this year, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, yeah, so, um, and you look at and probably more than that now. You look at hockey, and uh, it's pretty impressive where, where this thing is.
4: Yeah, I mean, credit where credits due. I think that uh, you know Ward Manual catches a lot of heat. So a lot, some of it justified, others not so much. But the one thing you can't argue is that you know with these Olympic sports, um, you know, in addition to you know the big sports, you are competing for Big Ten championships in almost every single one, and you have nationally recognized players in every single one, and that speaks to I think the strength of the athletic department. It, it speaks to I'm hiring and putting the right people in place. Um, And, you know, they've had an issue with keeping some of them when contract stuff has come up, need to, need to get a little bit better on that front. But uh, the, the platform that that, that this university gives it's Olympic uh, sports players or, or student athletes, whatever you want to call them is, is amazing. I mean, I feel like every month when we go sit down and do the magazine, I'm writing about some kind of massive, you know, last, last month that was the Ho- the Hodge Trophy. Uh, this month, you know, Sierra Brooks. And, and you got, you know, Adam Fantilli, the Hobie Baker. And Blake Corum would have been a Heisman Trophy finalist. And, and all these laundry list of accolades. It's just uh, hats off to Michigan. Um, it is, you know, a- as good pound for pound, as good as any athletic department in the country for whatever my money's worth. Yeah, I think Bev
2: Plotky is in her 34th season as head coach of the women's gymnastics team. Uh, apparently she's set to interview in a couple of days with uh, such and such team. I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, Ward, extender, yeah. extender, Ward. get her, wow. Give her a raise. But,
3: wow, you um, scared but, me. I was like, wow, really? That's crazy. No.
2: Yeah. Carol, you, next thing
3: you know, know Kirk, Carol Hutchinson is going to be interviewing, coming out of retirement and interviewing at Michigan State, right?
2: Right. We'd have to start covering that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, there you go. Congrats to Sierra Brooks who got it announced, but uh, – Fantilli, what last week and um, Mason Paris we'd known about for a little while, and he was he was a star of the show. AB at that uh, pep rally we were at, uh, a lot of people asking for his. There's like a niche crew of of uh, wrestling fans that love watching Michigan, and uh, and he was getting a lot of love and rightfully so. So uh, we uh, we uh, wish all those uh, athletes our congratulations. Um, that is going to be. Our show for today, make sure to like the video if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button on our channel, and head to TheWolverine.com. All of the latest, we said things are going to keep changing with that transfer portal. We'll keep you up to date over at TheWolverine.com. Uh, $29.99 gets you premium access all the way through August 31st, so every day that, that, every day that goes by, that deal gets a little bit worse, so take advantage right now, and we will see you next time.
0: Madness is here.